Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier, author of The Robot Proof Recruiter, which I may just <laughs> occasionally share every single show. Um, and of course, I'm a candidate engagement speaker and facilitator. I'm of course joined by my gorgeous, talented, talent acquisition professional, talented, talented <laughs> Ben Martin, yeah. who refuses to let me say what he actually does for a living. <laughs> Super excited today to have Sophie, it is not pronounced Broberger, on the show to talk about <laughs> whether you invest in your people, don't invest in your people, who should, etc. So welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. Welcome to the show, Sophia. So, (laughs) tell us what you're up to at the moment from a professional perspective, because you've recently changed your role. Well, I am now 100% freelancing, where I work part of my time Uh for TV4 uh, in Sweden, recruiting all of the developers and kind of tech-related roles, and part of my time spent training um recruiters in being better at sourcing and looking kind of beyond linkedin so <gasps> bursting the linkedin bubble and going out into the world going oh look there's people there too beyond linkedin is there yeah. life beyond linkedin life. swedish recruiters are quite lost <laughs> in linkedin yes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no. that's quite worrying isn't it yes so to the topic investing in oneself when you're you're a recruiter what what kind of led you to sort of think a little bit more about this and and it become a a kind of topic that's really front and center for you Sophia well the the main reason for me going on to be a freelancer was to have more time to invest in myself that was it wasn't money it wasn't whatever it was having being able to kind of go, well, today I'm only going to read blogs or write blogs or read a book or whatever, and being allowed to do so. Mm. And also, um, like in the spring, being allowed to go to like a conference a month if I felt like it. Because I think if you're a... It's that weird permission thing, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, you can go to one conference a year or something generally if you're an employee. (sighs) And it's, it's... I sort of get it from the, the employee's perspective, time, money and all of that, but it's also, that's what I wanted. Um, yeah. And also, and I must say when I, cause I was employed by TV4 and then I, they, they took me on as a freelancer kind of straight after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then they were really good. They were kind of, well, you're the expert, you do what you do, what you need with your time. So mm-hmm. within that space, I was allowed to spend a lot of time, reading blogs, being active in forums, even as an employee, um, which I felt when working for an agency, I wasn't allowed to give that time because there was so much mm-hmm. we need to build, we need to build, spend your time doing that. And, and they didn't mm-hmm. see uh, the necessity in investing in, in becoming better, I think, for the future. Whereas yeah. where I worked in-house, they did see that more. Yeah. But I wanted I'm trying more time. to remember how much time we spent in training. So in five years at spring... I think I maybe uh, had two or three days maybe at the odd conference. Yeah. One thing I want to ask Sophia, yeah. because I think, um, I mean, clearly, you know, Katrina's uh, been working for herself for a number of years very successfully. I've recently, only in the last sort of 18 months, um, made that leap. <laughs> I'm interested to understand from your point of view, what was the catalyst for you to make that move? Because there may be some people sitting in, you know, full-time employment at the moment, agency side, in-house, that are thinking about kind of going freelancing. But what, what was the real catalyst for you? What were the reasons why you, you made that, that transition? Well, the, the, um, I moved from agency to in-house. And the, the role I got in in-house was a one-year maternity leave cover. 
So okay. already within that like first few months of that year, I was going, what am I going to do when this contract finishes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of started, uh, because I started learning more and more, getting into more Facebook groups, communities, conferences, and all of that, I was going, well, I could do freelance, then I'll have the, because the contract's going to end anyway, yeah. rather than by seeking another full-time employment, I mm-hmm. could, um, could do this. And also pe- more and more people were asking kind of, why aren't you doing any training? And I'm like, oh, I can do that. Um, so I decided to do that as well. And in the end, the year got extended for another few months and then they wanted to extend it even more. And I said, well, um, next time, I'm not going to accept the extension. You have to take me on as a consultant. Um, and they agreed to doing that. So I was Which kind of lucky. It's a nice it way was, to ease into it, isn't it? Yeah. So, so not everyone has that opportunity. Yeah. Um, but even people question me when I, I resigned from a full-time employment, accepting a one-year contract. They're like, well, how yeah. can you, you know, resign from a full-time and then you go for a one-year contract? I'm like, well, I'm a tech recruiter. I'm going to find another job. It's going to be yeah. fine. I think there's just that enormous, it shows more about them than yourself, but I had it as well. And, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and the number of people that ask me, how did you take the leap? Because you are leaving yeah. a salary check. You are leaving yeah. regular. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's so many benefits. And also you get to do the work that really makes you sit up and you enjoy. Yeah, yeah you Definitely. do what you enjoy. Yeah. Do you not think that people, that the illusion of permanence has gone now? You know, after the you know, kind of financial crisis and stuff like that, you know, the, the permanent employment is almost an illusion now. Large-scale companies doing annual, biannual kind of redundancy, voluntary redundancies, you know, rationalizing the numbers of headcount in a workforce. It, it's cycles like this. I spoke to an individual a couple of weeks back, and he'd been through like six cycles of redundancy yeah. in, a, in a company. So the, this illusion of permanence, people need to get past it because it's a real stop, uh, you know, it's a blockage for them jumping into that freelance world. That, it's probably different in Sweden, but you do get that regular paycheck. Mm. Mm. Might be harder to fire people in Sweden than it is here. Yeah. But yeah. it is, we have quite strong unions and things like that, so it's hard to, to fire people. But it's still, uh, even if you want to get a mortgage, if you're a freelancer, you've got to, but if you have a permanent employment, they're like, here's your mortgage. There you go. If you're not, they're going to go, oh, can you prove your income a little bit more? Great. You could have been in the job for six months and you could be out the next week. Exactly. But, you know, you're a freelancer. So it's one. still that kind of stuff that people, if, you know, I'll speak to people and they don't want anyone to change jobs because they're, oh, I'm just about to buy a house. So can you contact me in three months when I bought yeah. the house and then I can change jobs? So it's still that, even if you've not been in a job long enough, the bank's not going to give you a mortgage kind of thing. So you still have those aspect of, of the security of, of what you're after. So on the, on the point of um, kind of the, the other piece of the, the side of this, which is obviously the, making the leap, what about individuals that are slightly nervous around, how do I structure my day? How do I, how, <laughs> how do I get, how do I get of, of kind of doing things that I know I'm productive? Um, if you haven't done that before and you typically kind of had a, I guess, a structure, making that move into slightly more unstructured self-propelled you've got to motivate yourself how did you how did you find that how did you approach that i'm still just doing the things that i enjoy (laughs) the other stuff i'll leave for someone else to do and it's like oh it might be the boring stuff i have to do so i have a list of things that i really really need to do and you know where when it really is like the day before then i'll do that kind of thing uh, I'm still just you, doing what I enjoy. You get a structure because you've got kids. So you have your, yeah. your day starts and ends at certain times. And certainly, yes. like, even with this, it had to fit in with that. Um, and I have the dogs. Yeah. So I go out work yeah. with the dogs and start my day. I, it can be hard to end your day. That's where I find it tough. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, my yeah. kids will end them for me. You know, just jump on my <laughs> yeah. lap, you know. 
Yeah, mine so, tried. They kind of are furry, so I can push them off. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as far as, um, so we got talking when we were talking about like the pre-show and it was like this constant thing. And I was, you know, remembering the royalties go to charity before I say this and sound conceited, getting kind of frustrated when I'm hearing heads of talent acquisition going, well, I'll buy one for the library as in my book. And you started your Sophia's book club. Thank you off the back of this book, which is so awesome. But yeah. it was this sort of frustration of why aren't we investing in the people that hire the people? Mm. <laughs> and to me, it's only, it's not just in that case of buying the book. Um, it's, it's not just being able to read the book and learn from it, but also if you buy that book to somebody like 10 books for the people, 10 people in the team, they'll yeah. feel that little bit more special, the whole kind of um, looking after employees. It could have been, it could have been a chocolate bar, but just the yeah. fact that they bought you something. One and saying yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's just being able to like, the feeling of being given a gift from, from your employer, whether it's a book or a chocolate bar, you know, it's also that looking after the employees in that sense. Yeah, and, I and love probably, the way Michael. Oh, sorry. No, but I think that's more, more. It's probably more likely to be read as well. It's kind of here is your book, and everyone gets the book. Yeah, I love the way Michael Cox has done it. So he's actually so he's got a team of twenty, and he's done like a we're going to do a book club, and he will buy it for the ones that opt in, and only six opted in initially. Now it's got to ten because then it's this. Oh, I, I can't miss out. And he said, will you dial in? And I'm sure like Jan would do the same thing, would be happy to like dial in yeah. on a call like this and just chit chat through some of it um, mm -hmm. because it's just an investment of our time. And it's just to get, again, that enthusiasm, that team feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, obviously that's only one way. I mean, we've already talked about not being allowed to go to conferences. It's kind of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, on that point around, you know, being given a book, Equally as well, it shows if you're kind of like uh, the, the sort of line manager, it illustrates that you've been listening to that individual in your team. You've been listening to their interests. So it, not, it may not literally be a book directly related to um, the job that they're in, but it actually may actually support their growth. And I think that in itself um, kind of creates a, a very different kind of relationship as well, uh, you know, kind of like team member to, to manager, which I think is really important. And to your point and the point of this show is about that investment, right? Mm -hmm. Investing in oneself, but equally having people around you that are prepared to kind of invest and listen and, and share kind of knowledge with you, right? So, I mean, in terms of the, the, the kind of book club itself, um, how can people <laughs> kind of access it? Uh, what's, what's the dynamic? How's it working? Well, well my little book club, um, <laughs> because uh, my little book club is just an idea I had because obviously I'm I'm quite visible on LinkedIn, create a lot of content and, yeah. and I, I'd like to mix it up between my content, but it shouldn't just be all about me. It should also be about other Oh, it so should think. be all about you. No, it should be partly about me, <laughs> but it should be partly about you. No, <laughs> no but you know, also about yeah. things that I find interesting and the things that I learn from yeah. and not just kind of going this is what I know and, and my things. And, and I think yeah. that's, that's also what I liked about your book, that it isn't just about you and your experiences. It's like hardly anything about you and your experiences in there. It's about gathering other people's ideas and experiences and stuff. Mm. And I love that. And, and so Mind I you, just wanted want to love it across the room a couple of times. I'm just, yes. Yeah. It frustrated me. The book, book I, <laughs> between us been getting like a written commentary of me reading the book. <laughs> 
for a messenger go why are you writing this you make great social media posts i should just crop them and (laughs) put them out i nearly threw your book across the room Um, (laughs) would you like um, to explain why though (laughs) yeah kind of why i want to throw the book it's not really just the book the book is really nice been treating me well so it's not the book but it's things in the book that i really want to be doing but i haven't been given the opportunity or kind of mandate to to look after yeah. so I feel like but I want to do that why can't I be allowed in where I am right now to be responsible for this area and, and deal with it or maybe I don't have time to do it so just kind of mm-hmm. great examples of things you can do and it's just frustrating me that I don't have currently the possibility of, of taking every idea from the book <laughs> and go and do it <laughs> so my idea and kind of when when there was something like that I would start kind of messaging Katrina going about something I've read and I'm going well why don't I do this kind of publicly instead of ranting just yeah. to Katrina I can rant on LinkedIn I'm good at that uh, <laughs> but it can also be really good because if you go like I'm feeling really frustrated that I can't do this and then the the community comes in and goes well yeah. have you tried this way or this way and, the, and then it comes up with even more ideas which is just, yeah. that's why I love the Facebook groups, which I think is, it's kind of sad when recruiters go, I'm not going to get off LinkedIn and go to Facebook because you're kind of going, yeah. the Facebook recruitment groups are really good at brainstorming ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really so, good. but the book club then is every Friday at nine, I post something <laughs> on LinkedIn about this book, like a new thing that I've, yep. I've read and everything and kind of trying to um, create a discussion around it and people are, are joining in. I even have people following the hashtag. I'm like, woo! Excellent. Yeah. I, know, um, I must monitor my hashtag better. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll post the hashtag as well towards the end, just so everybody can kind of get on board. But what, what, kind of, um, what kind of comments have you got so far? What kind of interaction have you got? I mean, is, it, is there anything that's really surprised you in terms of you know, some of the commentary that's coming your way in terms of some of the books? Is there anything slightly enlightening? Sophia, are you being paid by Katrina? No, no I am totally not. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> by the way, I really am not. I'm not. No, no but it's um, no, no, a lot of people. A lot of people kind of going, "Is it worth buying the book?" I'm like, "Yeah, totally." Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, but it, but it was going. You know, is it? People are. That's one of the questions. Or I think every person yeah. got that. Oh, do you think it's worth inve- or like worth investing yeah. in this book? Wow. I'm like, totally. It's peer review, right? People want to know, yeah. is it a worthwhile investment of my money and time? Um, you've read it. Give me a kind of synopsis. And, you know, that kind of referral is, is really important, right? You know, confession time. I, I had two books from the same publisher, right? And they're 20 quid. Like, they're not, they're not cheap books. And I was holding both of them and one weighed more than the other. And I'm like, I'm going to write this and make sure that this is weighs the heavier one. Because I was thinking the same thing. But actually now that I see it put together with all of the, like the proper case studies and the proper tips and the proper examples all the way through it, I'm like, oh, it's so worth more than 20 quid. But I get what they, where they're coming from because that's how I was feeling initially, which is a really mm-hmm. weird thing to say about your own book. But So, sorry, that was like a random go off on one. <laughs> it's like, I, I kind of get it and I kind of don't because there's part of me goes, but it's so good. Yeah, anyway, I'm yeah. a bit biased though, aren't I? Well, <laughs> this whole your... show has become about my book and it's meant to be about why don't people invest in people yeah okay not, not me 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 Much no. just, can we just have a shout out for my um don't ghost me badge from louise triance thank you very much we had to i love that awesome <laughs> so uh sophia what did you want uh your employer to invest in with regards to your career that they didn't do and now you actually have got that by going freelance yourself what were the the two or three things that 
were clearly not accessible when you were an employee? Well, uh, I don't think I would have been allowed to go to six conferences in six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. <laughs> That's one thing. It might be slightly, slightly excessive. Uh, and did you but learn from each conference, all six? There's always something you learn mm. uh, from, whether it's from the... Um, whether it's from the actual speakers or whether it's from, it could be from the speaker when they're on stage, but it could also be from the speaker when you speak to them off stage. Yeah. For me, uh, 50% or perhaps more of going to a conference is about the networking and being mm-hmm. allowed to kind of chat to people and they, the speaker could mention something on stage and mm-hmm. you kind of go afterwards going, well, how do you actually do that? And they're like, here's my laptop and you'll sit down with them and they will properly show you whether yeah. you might not have been able to show exactly on stage or yeah. just having a chat and kind of going, what did you mean by that? Or can you explain that more? And, mm-hmm. and having spoken myself, you know, people will ask me as well and I will sit down with them with my laptop and show them. So mm-hmm. I speak, you speak, Glenn speaks, we all speak. Um, Do we? However, like, and I always say this and no one believes me, I fall on that slight introvert side. So like I can feel apprehensive to go and walk up to people. And I certainly have been told by people that apprehensive to work up, walk up to me. It just makes me laugh. Uh, but do you have advice for people like to just, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one thing to say, go and talk to the speakers, but a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't like, they've just been up on the stage. Oh my God. And they, for some reason, like elevate to this position of God, which we're not, we're just the same person on and off. But also, I mean, I'm, I'm different. Like, like you say, you're more of an introvert. I'm, I'm extrovert. I can't actually get energy from, from standing on stage and afterwards. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happily happy right. speaking. But maybe you mm. may not be the right person to go, if you come off stage and go talk to you. No, no, no. They but, you know, yeah, but, me but, going to people. But kind of just mingle at, at the events and talk to them. Mm. And, and I mean, um, it's lovely if somebody comes up to you saying, mm. oh, I really liked your talk. You're going to be like, yeah, I'll give you attention. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think it's not, it's diff- in a way it's difficult for me to give advice because because I'm not scared of doing that, surprisingly mm. enough. Um, but we we are just... Have you not ever ordinary. been awestruck and been like, I can't go talk to them? <laughs> no? Oh. Clearly not, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. no. Trying to all. think of it. <laughs> what about you, guys? Have you? Have you? Because I'm just saying yeah, we're looking yeah. to the maximise the conference impact, which is go talk to yeah. the speaker. I mean, Maybe it's a bit so, like a car. Yeah, when you go to events, sometimes, I mean, you know, a speaker comes off stage, immediately they're surrounded by about two or three or four people um, that, you know, either they know or, you know, like Sophia, who are quite comfortable going up and, and just making conversation. Um, and there's always that period of, how long do I stand here waiting <laughs> to speak to them before <laughs> it looks really odd? Um, so you kind of got to, I guess you got to kind of choose your time. Um, well, there's normally and, drinks afterwards and things, you, yeah. could, you know, do yeah. that. It doesn't so have to be as time, they right? come off stage and kind of go, oh, jump on them. You can, yeah. you know, and the, there's normally mingle. There's after, you know, the drinks afterwards, like I said, or the next day or, yeah. or whenever, yeah. or even sending them uh, an in-mail later yeah. on. Mm. Um, I, I really... What I really liked what um, Dove was saying um, at Sosu in, in Tallinn last year, he was going, you know, how he, and I think he's mentioned it in Mark's show as well, mm-hmm. how he uh, volunteered. And one of his jobs as a volunteer was to kind of make sure the speakers were mm-hmm. in the right room at the right time. And that's, you know, that's how he kind of naturally uh, got to know the speakers. And I think, so yeah. 
take the opportunity to volunteer or like source can be part of the welcome wagon mm. or take the opportunity to be part of the organization of the conference as well then you kind of quite naturally are getting that one step closer to the people you want to learn from totally and what else have you got now um that you're a freelancer that you didn't have you know from an investment perspective in terms of being a permanent employee what other things have you been able to access and do just I do what I want with my time. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I posted a pic. One of the pic, one of the things I posted on LinkedIn that's actually like it got over ten thousand views was oh, just a picture of freaking Katrina's book. It was a picture of Katrina's book on my balcony with a cup of coffee next to it. Going, yeah. this is, and I wrote, this is why I started freelancing, being able to sit yeah. on the balcony in the sun on a Friday afternoon, and yeah. and that's got amazing amount of i'm like how did that post just go mental it's uh, funny i think i don't i don't have kids so it's very different for me i don't have the set structure and actually i'm not married like you you both are as well so i have a list of a structure but you know like last thursday last week there was no way i was going to do any work and the joy of being freelance was i just decided you know what i'm going to go book this holiday i've been wanting to book for ages and i just took the whole day off but i worked on sunday because mm. it suited me and oh my god it, i got so much done it was brilliant because I can do that, and that's the bit I love about. So and here's I, a sorry, and, and that that holiday looks amazing, by the way. Um, very impressive. Um, my midlife sorry. crisis trek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so here's a, here's a devil's advocate question for you. In terms of companies, they think they're investing in their employees by running training. Um, so case in point, oh. recently, where one of the companies I'm, I'm kind of working with, their head of talent ran a, a really wicked like a Q and A session with this. This chap is like a kind of serial entrepreneur, awesome content, but it didn't quite land, I think, as successfully as perhaps they, they wanted because the audience weren't quite sure how to access it. Was it relevant for me? Was it not relevant for me? Um, so when, when the employer really thinks, oh, they've got some really great content to share, really great training, but it's not matched by maybe the employer's, employee's kind of expectation, do you think that creates a, a, a bit of a kind of disconnect? Because the, the employer generally has the right intention, but actually it's, it's probably not landing as well as they want. But to me, that is still better than, than providing nothing. Because I, I hear so much about, because I talk about training, people go, yeah, we really encourage people to, to read blogs and books in their free time. Like, yeah. it's always that when we encourage our people to to learn as long as they don't do it during work hours it's like well, hang on during, yeah this was during work hours this is two hours work time for people to come along and and, and kind of but know, that's what what i mean even know? if that falls slightly not right at least they were allowed it was during because a lot of companies don't even mm -hmm. give them like yeah we send them to training or like we write books for them but they have to read them when they're not at work it's like well, well that's not yeah investing. but it shows they're not listening yeah they're not really like hearing and i think it's funny because we the three of us really want the true flexibility it's like oh we've got flexible worker you don't really <laughs> you know it's like not like we've got um so but it's the same thing isn't it they didn't really listen to what the employees really wanted and they went mm. with someone hence it didn't actually land mm. whereas if they went we want Sophia to come in and teach us sourcing they'd all be sitting there like at attention because they yeah. got the person they wanted mm -hmm. I guess it's, it's about kind of garnering that so if you're not getting much kind of feedback from the employees so you're 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 sort of almost offering them all these different options what what appeals to you and people start signing up you kind of think, well, that's an indication of their interest. 
Um, so then you run the session, um, and then obviously it's the kind of feedback piece afterwards. But it's it's interesting, you know, employees with the right intention may not land as well as they want, but the quality of the content is really, really there. I mean, you know, as a trainer, Katrina, surely you've been brought in by the business sometimes, and you're like, this is an awesome training session for the the employees, and then they just sit there like, you know, and it just it, it doesn't land. I, and how do you how do you well knowing you? Can you I tell you the best one I had? Like literally. Oh my God. So I've always trained recruiters in the past. I'm not doing that now. I'm facilitating instead. But I had this girl who sat through the entire day and was like, what you're saying? And then just threw the book down and walked out. And I'm just like, wow. Like she would have future proofed herself if she'd taken on that sourcing knowledge and the social recruiting knowledge. But she just decided her job was to manage the recruitment agents and that was her in-house recruitment job. Literally, that's what she did. She actually managed the recruitment agents. She wasn't prepared and it was just like, wow. But you, I can't change that about her. I was just like, well, that's your loss, isn't it? That's how okay. I actually took it on. Because you, you, the thing, the funny thing about training, I'm sure Sophia will agree, is you people are not going to implement it if, unless they're given the time to implement it or they really want to. You, ca you have to lose your concern as to whether they'll actually use it. Because otherwise you just burn out. It's more of a kind of you you show them one way and your recommended way and what giving them new ideas. But it's so easy for them to kind of fall back into the old way of doing things. But I've had I've done people attend because I do both tailor made for for companies, but also do open classes. And I've had people yeah. who attended my open classes and then got back to me going, oh, we did really well two weeks after your training. And now we're kind of back in trouble. Could you come to our company and do a full day training with us? Mm. So they've done yeah. the first one because they're obviously wanting to change because they're mm -hmm. going, and it's the same. You can't just do that one and then expect everyone to change immediately. But that, I think that company, I mean, that's a great, that's a recruitment agency. And I was obviously kind of, I would recommend them because I feel they're investing in their people. They're investing yeah. and, and they're willing to kind of, even like, and we pretty much did the same training again, but that's what they wanted and they yeah. really liked it. But sometimes the second time it sits in, because I've had yeah. similar as well, I've trained one person, then come in and train the team. And then the second time stuff lands, which wasn't yeah. landing before. It's like going, because it's a lot, it's a lot to take yeah. in. You know, yeah. it's, it's not the best way to learn, but you know, a lot of the time it is just coming for a day, isn't it? It'd be much easier if you could stretch it out over a year and have five minutes a week or something. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Sophia, then, what, what advice would you give to companies thinking about investing in their people? What tips? Well, first of all, you need to um, give them time to learn. Like, not by, well, if you buy Katrina's book, do like every Friday lunchtime, we'll have a discussion group kind of thing mm -hmm. so that you're, they could read it partly in the in the free time, but also giving them some time during work hours, not just to expect it to be done in a free time. Um, yeah. And what you said, if you're buying the wrong training list, and what, what is it that they feel they want training? Mm -hmm. What is it they want to do? Is mm -hmm. there a conference they really, really want to go to? You know, let them, let them do that. And I think it's yeah. showing them that. And also what, one of the most important thing is, is to me is being allowed then to experiment and try new things mm -hmm. and being mm -hmm. allowed to fail. Yeah. That it I mean, isn't being allowed to kind of try, see something new, be allowed to try it. And it's okay if it doesn't work, even if that means you've spent a day and then end up with a zero results that needs to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And in terms of people, themselves what would you, you you kind of advise them to do when they're thinking about investing in themselves because you've mentioned during the show 
you know, all these different ideas flowing from sort of Facebook groups and all these different uh, kind of, um, you know, or this inspiration from books, you end up with all of these ideas, but then how do you kind of actually deliver on them? What kind of advice would you give the people in that kind of scenario that, where, where they're like, I want to do everything, and it's just not possible? Pick one. Start with one. <laughs> yeah. Pick one list. Yeah. Um, but also Start kind of the biggest ask, problem you need to solve, I guess. Yeah. What's, what's the greatest, where's the best place to go to find an answer mm. to this one problem that's really getting to you, I guess? I don't know. And also, question, God. <laughs> but also I think kind of share with other people that you're struggling with something. Yeah. It's yeah. allowed to kind of, so that's what you want as an employer, that's the environment you want to create, where it's yeah. okay to say, I'm struggling with this. How can I help? And kind of we'll go into a Facebook group if, if like me, you're the only recruiter in-house, whatever, and ask other people. People are so willing to help. So, and I think if, you, if you're willing, first of all, to kind of be open about what you're struggling with and ask for help, you'll get it. But then also start helping others because you learn from, from yeah. sharing. Yeah. Now, the whole kind of sharing is caring it is so true. <laughs> If you're reluctant to be a bit vulnerable, I mean, a lot of the groups have a search bar, so you can often go in there and your question has been asked. So yeah. you could always search through and, and mm -hmm. see if there's an answer before you then ask. And then you can say, I've looked through the group, like, oh my God, wow, none of you have had this issue? Am I being silly or help? You know, just be a bit vulnerable. I think it's and good. And maybe give yourself time as well, right? You can't mm -hmm. do everything immediately. So think about, as, as you said, give it, you know, almost plan it. Because yeah. you're, otherwise you'll end up starting loads of stuff and never finish anything. Um, so, you know, kind of just be realistic around the sort of time you've got to dedicate to some of these kind of, you know, smaller projects that you might want to, might want to take forward. So, shockingly, we're out of time. Is it the half hour? Are joking? We're Sorry, just getting we, we maybe have to just talk for another 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> was there anything you felt you hadn't said that you just really want to go like? Because the topic came from us being frustrated, didn't it? By just saying, my <laughs> God, they're the people bringing in the people. Um, but is there? No, but I, I think <laughs> I'm just, it's just. Not really. No, but I think that the most important thing is, is if you're an employer, allowing your employees to spend yeah. time. I mean, you know, if it's, I don't know what kind of KPIs you have as a recruiter and all of that, but it should be okay to one day, you know, forget about them or like half a day or a week or whatever, where it's time have like a book circle or have like a, I don't know, a recruiting brain food. What was your favorite article discussion? I don't know. Something to encourage yeah. them to, even if then you want them to do it in the, in the spare time, but if you encourage yeah. in the discussion and, and you're letting them try things it, at work, they yeah. might be open to doing some of the reading outside of working hours. Yeah. If, if you're then allowed to experiment during working. Actually, when you think about because um, obviously Glenn, I ran Disrupt HR London on Monday night, and Glenn was talking about it before we came on air, and that whole, you know, we, I had entire teams from companies come, and you think mm. actually the next day they probably do need to sit down and say, oh, God, what was your biggest takeaway? What are we going to do? Because they'll have yeah. heard so much. So, yeah, oh, yeah, same kind of idea, isn't it? Totally. It's just totally time. Oh, lots of work yet to be done in the industry. So, <laughs> Sophia, thank yes. you so much for coming on the show. And of course, no thank you, Sophia. Um, we will, of course, be back next week at exactly the same time, three o'clock on Friday. Oh, God, I do this every week, Greenwich Mean Time. Are we still on that? I think we're still on British Summertime, aren't we? Anyway, London Time, as I always say, because I know the rest of the UK exists like that. Um, 
Explains not even in London, so I'm dreadful. Um, so thank you very much again. All of your pearls. I know you're in Sweden. I'm judging by the clothing. But anyway, thank you again, and we shall see you all next week. Bye. Bye.